0: What a beautiful scene, right? And to think that's just half of them. And, uh, this is one of our, our strongest graduating classes. And we're so, so proud of them. I, I know it's been a great blessing for us, uh, for our son Lincoln to get to grow up with these guys. Uh, some of them have been here from nursery own. Uh, Lincoln was six months old when we moved here. And so these have been his best friends. I remember when he was, uh, first able to talk, two of his best friends were from here at Landmark. Two of the graduates, Stephen Evans and Stephen Rogers. And at home, they were known as White Stephen and Black Stephen. All right? There, there, there was nothing racist about that. That's just the way he identified them. And, and to look and see the families out here and to see how all of these guys grew up together in the Lord and uh, how so many of you joined them along the way and the kind of youth ministry you've had and children's ministry. The, the theme I've chosen today, and I want to I <laughs> preach to them Mary Catherine, has everybody got their outline? I want you guys to take note. This is your final test, all right? You've got to let me review your notes on your way out because I want you to listen strongly to what we're saying here today. Don't look at me like I'm not serious. Okay, I want you to take notes, all right? I want to talk about being landmark strong. And that theme really comes to me from what we've seen in America over the last year with what we've called Boston Strong. Uh, just a little bit over a year ago, the bomb exploded in the Boston Marathon. Three people were killed, and 264 people were injured. The next day, at famous Fenway Park, the Red Sox were playing. Some of the people injured were gathered there. The, the mayor got up and talked about what had happened in the day before. Neil Diamond sang, Sweet Caroline. And then the mayor said this. We are one, we are strong, we are Boston strong. And that became very evident. It became evident in the moment of the bombing, when only in America would people, when the bombing went off, run back toward the bombing to help the victims instead of running away. It became evident over the next years, many of us have followed those people who were terribly injured and those families who lost loved ones as they have healed and they have grown. And so my challenge to you is you're going to face challenges. And it's going to be not always easy in life. But what we want you to be is what I'm calling today Landmark Strong. That what you've learned here through these ministries, what you've learned through your incredible parents, is going to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's what we're about. And here's my challenge to you today is that that not stop. This is not the end of that as you maybe leave this church or this community, go somewhere else. It is the beginning. Now, let me be honest with you. The statistics say only 50% of you at best will stay with your faith. So listen, if I were to go through and number, one, two, one, two. Sorry, Mary Catherine, you were just lost. Okay, what, I mean, if, you, if I were to number that way, guys, that's what's frightening today. If I remember all of these kids here, the statistics say only about half of them will stay with what they've been brought up with. And so today what I want to talk about is how you stay strong in the Lord, okay? And I want us to all turn to the book of Jude, because this message will apply to every one of us, the book of Jude. In the book of Jude, they're dealing with some problems. And he's going to give some advice about how they stay strong in the Lord. You see, what... what, What's going to break our heart is if those 50% statistics are true. They don't have to be true. Now, really, what Jude, who most people think was one of the brothers of Jesus, is going to do in this passage, is he's going to talk about what we do to remain strong, and he's going to talk about what God does to help us remain strong. I mean, just in the first... 21 verses, we see something very interesting. In verse 1, Jude says that God is going to keep you. In verse 21, he says, you need to keep yourselves in God's love. I mean, spiritual growth and strength is a cooperation between you and God. So the first part of our message, we're going to say what we need to do. In the second part, we're going to claim some incredible promises about what God says that he will do for us. Let's start in verse 17. But, dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. But you, but you, dear friends, by building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy... The only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through our Lord Jesus Christ before all ages, now, and forevermore. Amen. Okay, quickly, what you do, write number one down. Anticipate the enemy's attacks. You've got to anticipate anticipate that you're going to be attacked. You see, in life, if you don't face life and know life is going to be difficult, you are vulnerable... To the difficulties and challenges of life. A classic book read or written years ago called The Road Less Traveled. Here's the first line sentence in The Road Less Traveled. Life is difficult. Life is difficult. And then here's what the author writes. This is a great truth. One of the greatest truths. It is a great truth because once we truly see this truth, we transcend it. Once we truly know that life is difficult, once we truly understand and accept it, here's the cool thing, then life is no longer difficult. Because once it is accepted, the fact that life is difficult no longer matters. You see, when you see that, you're putting yourself in a good position. If you believe your life is going to be one smooth ride, then you've put in yourself and made yourself vulnerable. Because one thing, there's an enemy after you. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11 says, do not be ignorant of the enemy's schemes. He is going to throw things in your life. He wants you to be a part of that 50% that won't make it. Now here in the book of Jude, they're dealing with a teaching that sounds very modern. There are people here who believe, Christians who've decided that the body is evil and the spirit is good and they've separated these two things, okay? Now the practical application of that separation is it doesn't matter what you do with your body because the body's already evil and the spirit is good they're not connected and so what we found out here in the book of jude is what's in infiltrating the church is satan's attack to make them believe that it doesn't matter how they live and so in the church back there you've already got party animals you got people getting drunk you got people having sex with people they have no business having sex with. I mean, it's so modern, it reads like today. Now listen, what he says here is people, they're going to scoff at you if you don't live that way. Here's a frightening statistic, guys. 50% of college students binge drink today. They drink excessively. In just a few hours, the goal is to get drunk. 50% do that weekly, 50%. And, and, And so what I want to say to you is you've got to understand that you're going to face that kind of temptation. And when you try to stand up against it, people are going to scoff. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to scoff when you say, no, I don't do that. They're going to scoff when you say, you know what? I'd like to save myself for marriage. They're going to scoff when you hold on to old-fashioned values about marriage, about life, about morality. I mean, back here in the book of Jude, these people are being made fun of. They're being told, you know what? All these values about who you live with and don't live with and who you have sex with and what you put in your body, that doesn't matter. Those are just old-fashioned values that don't apply today. Same thing being said today. And you're going to face that. And that's why you're going to be stronger as you anticipate it. If you go to school, whether you're going to state school or Christian school, and you don't think there's going to be incredible temptations come your way, that you're going to have an opportunity like never before to do whatever you want to do, no matter what this church said to you, no matter what your parents said to you, no matter what your youth ministers have said to you, then you're fooling yourself. And when you say no, you're going to be scoffed at. Anticipate that and you'll be much better prepared. Number two, he says, build up your faith. Build up the most holy faith. Now, I think in this context, the word holy is very important. The word holy means it's different, it's distinctive. For you to live for Jesus in America today is going to be different, it's going to be distinctive. How do you do it? You build it up. Now, we're going to say to you as you go off to school, we want you to keep your grades up. Anybody heard that from your parents? You've got to keep your grades up if you're going to keep that scholarship. I mean, this, this is an amazing class. I mean, I, look, I mean, the scholarships you guys have received, the awards you received. Do you guys realize, maybe you read the paper, that four of our graduating seniors were nominated for the Hitchcock Award? One of the highest awards in this city for Christian young men and women. Four of them. Amen? <laughs> And and, and so we're going to say you need to keep your grades up, but what we better say to you even stronger is you need to build your faith up. That can be more critical than your grades. How do you build your faith up? First of all, the most obvious answer I can give you, sounds really old-fashioned, but it's just the truth, is you've got to stay in the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the Word of God. There's no substitute for your time in God's Word. I've never known anyone who is growing spiritually who did not have a committed time in the Word of God. So build yourself up. Now, also, key here, and really, what we have written on the screen is not correct. It should say carefully build yourselves up in the most holy faith. The second key is Community. You've got to surround yourself with other Christians who want to build their up in the faith. When you go off to school, you know, you know what's going to determine your direction? It's, it's going to be really easy. Anybody can watch it. It's going to be who you surround yourself with. You surround yourself with the wrong folks, you'll go in the wrong direction. You surround yourself with the right folks, you'll go in the right direction. And that's why I want to challenge you. You need to go find a great church. A lot of college students are going to say, well, you know, it's my college years, you know, I'm going to take a break from church and maybe I'll just visit around different churches. You might need to do that for a little while. But you need to find a great church, you need to find a great community of college students who want to live for God, who want to take their campus for Jesus Christ. And here's what's going to happen. That's going to lead to your greatest growth in your life. Now, you are going to face the greatest temptations you've ever faced you are also going to face the greatest opportunity you've ever had to grow in God. So make sure you stay in the Word of God. Make sure you stay in Christian community. Number three, he says pray in the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Some would say it means to speak in tongues. I don't think so. The more I read this, what I believe, and that's an admonition all through the gospel, all through the epistles. What's it mean to pray in the Spirit? It means for you to be submissive to the Holy Spirit. It means for you to allow the Holy Spirit to take such control of your life that it changes your prayer life. To pray in the flesh is to pray about your own desires, what you want for your prayers to be dominated by your desires. to pray in the spirit is for your desi- your prayers to be denied be dominated by the desires of God so as you surrender your life to the Holy Spirit it's going to change your prayer life and you're going to pray more and more about what God wants Now I know you're, you're young age you've got your life ahead of you you've got your career ahead of you hopefully marriage all those things but but here's going to be the key is are you going to let God lead you in all those because here's what's going to happen in the next four five six years no however it takes for you to graduate, all right? What's going to happen, that's not funny. What is going to happen, all right, is that um, you're going to make some of your biggest decisions of your life. And more than likely, you're going to set the path of your life. Because who you surround yourself with, who you marry, the values that you accept. And you can say, I'm just going to go have my college years, and I'm going to straighten up. The truth is you probably won't. And you want to be led by the Holy Spirit as you make those decisions. So you pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, you guys are taking note. I want to add a 3B that I left out, okay? Put, put, put there. You're going to have to write this in. You guys too. All right. Here's the next admonition. Encourage it. Keep in God's love. Keep in God's love. I like when Jude says that. Because here's what can determine your faithfulness to God. It's not just gonna be your knowledge of Scripture. It's going to be, do you fall in love with Jesus? You need to keep yourself in God's love. I love that story in Genesis chapter 39, where Joseph is thrown into a a pagan land where nobody shares his values. Potiphar's put him in charge of his household. He's there one day at the house by himself with Potiphar's wife, and she tries to seduce him. She offers her body to him. I mean, again, the Bible is so relevant And you know why Joseph turned her down? I don't think it was because he wasn't tempted. Or maybe there wasn't a part of his body that wanted something to happen. He said in the long run, how can I do this great evil and sin against God? What kept Joseph strong was he loved God too much to do it. And what's really going to keep you strong in the long run is not just knowing the commands and the rights and wrongs. That's important. What's going to keep you strong is if you love Jesus so much that even when everything in your body wants to do something else, you love him too much to do it. So keeping God's love, how do you do that? Here's the most practical advice I could give you. As you stay in the Word of God, if you're going to spend any dominating time in any part of it, stay in the Gospels. As you read God's Word, read the whole book, but go in and out of the Gospels. Because it's in the four Gospels that you're going to see the best picture of God that you'll ever see. And it's in the four Gospels that you're going to see Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, you spend enough time in those Gospels, and you cannot help but fall in love with Him. And when you fall in love with Him, it'll dominate the rest of your life. Because you're going to be tempted, and you're going to go down some roads, and sometimes being a Christian is going to be a real hassle. And Satan can say, just quit it. But here's what's going to happen. If your heart is with Jesus, the last thing you want to do is hurt him. And that's why Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, number four, live with a mission, all right? He goes on this long thing about all these people who need to be helped. He says, there are some doubters in your church. Don't go berate them. You're going to run into people in college, you're going to have doubts. Don't berate them. He said, show mercy to them. There's going to be some other folks, he says, that are going to be in the fire. Sort of implication here is they're, they're, they're headed to hell. What you say you do? Man, you snatch them up. Now, what's he saying? You be active in helping the people around you. Listen closely to me. Look at me, okay? You are not going to be neutral. You could say, you know what? I'm I'm not going to really be against God. I'm not going to be for God. I'm just going to sort of, you know, it's just college. Come on, man, buddy. Give me a break. Now, listen to me. There's no such thing as neutrality. Either you're going to be active serving God or you're going to go in a different direction. And for your faith to stay strong, what you must do is you must be on a mission. And I don't know any greater mission field in America today than the college campus. And here's what's going to happen. If you're not on a mission, you're going to regret it no matter what else you achieve. I was going to the the Pepperdine lectures this week. I was flying in an airplane to Los Angeles. And I got a conversation with this guy with me. It really hit me, this whole point. I was wearing a University of Alabama shirt. That always brings up spiritual conversations. (laughs) Well... Actually, the guy looked at me. He's from New York, and he said, I watched that 30 for 30 on ESPN about Alabama and Auburn. Is it really that nasty? And I said, yeah, it's even worse. I mean, it it really is that. And so we got in this conversation, and then I found out more about him. He was in the music industry. He lines up all these people to sing across the country. I didn't know any of them, but that's not surprising. But the guy's making tons of money. And he has houses in Charlotte, North Carolina, that's where I was flying from, a house in New York City, a house in Los Angeles. And he's just, I mean, big time, obviously making a lot of money. And then he started sharing deeper with me the the longer the conversation came. He said, I just am coming back from my uncle's funeral in New York City. He said, my uncle was a very poor man. He never even owned his own house. But him and his wife kept foster children their whole married life. They've had 40 children come through their house. Right now, he suddenly died. There were three children living with him. He said, at that funeral, most of those 40 kids got up and talked about my uncle. He said, you know what? I need to get back to church. Because you know what? I got all this stuff, and it doesn't mean anything. My uncle had the real thing. And I say to you this, no matter what you achieve, if it's not about other people, it's not going to be worth anything. If it's not about investing in people in the name of God, you've invested in things that are temporal. So live with a mission. And number five, real quickly, avoid being pulled down. I mean, you know, he, he, Jude uses some strong words here. He says there's danger for you. As you do go out and you start reaching out to other people, guess what? There's going to be some danger. I mean, he's saying these, you've got these false teachers. You've got these people that are scoffers. He says, as you go try to pull them up, you've got to make sure they don't pull you down. I, I love the um, message translation here. Be tender with sinners, but not soft on sin. It's the old hate the sin and love the sinner, right? Be tender on sinners but not soft on sin because he says as you reach out to them, you've got to be careful. You might have heard these words because they've got clothing corrupted by sin. Now, guys, this is not a pretty picture in the Bible. You know what those words literally mean? What they literally mean is these people, the, the word there is not just for clothing, the word is for their underwear. And the word about it being stained is about there's feces all over it. Not a pretty sight. Now, what's he saying? He said, as you reach out to people that are sinners, you've got to be repulsed by sin. Because if not, he says, you might be pulled down into it. Now, I wonder, guys, in our culture today, when we see people partying like crazy, on all kinds of drugs, using language from hell, sleeping with whoever they want to sleep with, and being expected, do we view that sin like feces on underwear? that's nasty because here's what Jude's afraid of he's afraid that you could go out there and you could get active helping someone else and I've seen this happen with college students over and over man I want to help this person I want to pull them up and they end up pulling you down Daniel Connor come up here on stage with me just a second all right don't look scared Daniel it's all right (laughs) this has nothing to do with feces just come on up here on stage all right (laughs) Now, Daniel, I want you to stand on the stage. All right, you stand right here, and I'm gonna come right here, and I want you, I want you to pull me up on stage. Come on, get me up there. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, do you see how hard that was? Let's try it again. Let's go again. All right. <laughs> and you're a strong man, Daniel Connor. See, you see how easy that was. That's that's it, man. I wish it was more. Um, you, you, you see the point there, guys? We all know the point. We've heard it. It is so much easier to pull somebody down than, than to pull somebody up. And, and guys, this is why you've got to be so careful with who you hang out with. Because you hang out with the wrong people and you're not strong. I mean, the goal here would be to become so strong, you could go in any setting, anywhere. You could go to the biggest party on campus and live for Jesus and pull people up. But the truth is, most of us are not there yet. And if you go there, the temptation is going to be, you're going to be pulled down much easier than you are pulled up. So, did you get what he says here? Did you write these down? How do you become strong? Oh, man. You anticipate attacks. You build up your faith. You pray in the Spirit. You keep in God's love. You live with a mission. You avoid being pulled down. Now, that's our part. Now, let's get to the good part of the sermon. What does God do? What does God do? Wow. These are some of the most beautiful words in all the Bible. Here's what God promises to do in your life. Just start with me in verse 24. All right? To him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Stop there. God can keep you from stumbling. We live in a day where the expectation... Is for you to go a little bit wild. There are even parents in this church, I have picked up, that you really expect your child to go wild. That's just part of growing up. And some of you, maybe you expect yourself, you know, I'm going to come back to God, but first I'm going you know what Jude says? God is able to keep you from stumbling. You know, here's the truth, guys, is the rest of your life, you don't have to stumble. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. But you will never stumble away from God because God's got the power to keep you there. I'll never forget being in a small group of college students with the late John Pickens. Now I've John so badly. And one kid in that group, they were sharing about their struggles and some were talking about drug addictions and different things. And one kid said, I got to tell you, my problem is I go to a Christian school and I'm a virgin and people are making fun of me for being a virgin. And I wish so badly I wasn't this way. I'll never forget John, who had been so wild and been in prison, but his life had been changed by God, looking across that circle and looking at that young man and saying, I would give anything in my life if I could be a virgin. And here's what I want you to know. God can help you stay that way. He can keep you from stumbling. Now, listen, let's keep reading. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Because here's, here's the truth is. To be landmark strong is truly to be Jesus strong. You see, you hear every Sunday in this church that our goal is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Now, here's where we're going to find out if we've been successful. When you leave is when we're going to find out if we really made disciples or we just made people that like Landmark. Please don't come home and tell me this. You're going to think you're complimenting us, but it's not going to be a compliment. Don't come home and say, you know what, I went off to college. And I've been trying to find a church, and I can't find a church because there's no place like Landmark, and so I just have stopped going. That is not a compliment to what we're doing. That says something bad about what we're doing. It doesn't have to be like Landmark. It might be better than Landmark. It might be worse than Landmark. But that doesn't keep you from being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That is the strength that we want to see. Here's what I love. When I was out at Pepperdine this week, I ran into some former people from here. Some of you may remember a kid named Ryan Lassiter. Ryan grew up here in the children's ministry youth group. He, he graduated from college at Lipscomb, went out to South Carolina, had a great business career, and now in mid thirties, Ryan's decided. And when Ryan was here, you asked Al Millergren, he was an incredible leader in our youth ministry. A couple years ago, he decided he wanted to go in the ministry. Now he's in Midland, Texas, working with the church and preparing to become a preacher. And he can't stop thanking me for what he learned here. And that as he goes in the ministry, what he wants to do is to help build a church that's a lot like what he experienced growing up here. And then I ran into a guy named Brett White. Some of you might remember Brett. Probably 15 years ago, Brett was in the campus ministry, came through Faulkner University. Brad is now a minister in Anchorage, Alaska. And again, he couldn't stop thanking me for what this church had done for him and the vision it had given him of how church could be. And then there's Tim Tidwell. Paul would remember him well because he was in Paul's singles ministry. And Paul moved, uh, Tim moved to Atlanta to go in some kind of construction business, got married. Many of you kept up with him. So sad, his, his wife passed away suddenly. Tim's been through some tough times. I'm happy to report he's, been re- he's remarried, he's happy, and he's now on the staff of the North Atlanta Church working with single adults. And he told me, he said, you know what, buddy, it took me two years to get over missing landmark. But there was something bigger in his life than landmark. It was Jesus. And so what we at Landmark want to do, guys, is we want to send you out like guided missiles from God, full of the Holy Spirit, to take whatever you've learned from your parents, from your youth ministry, from children's ministry, from this church, from whatever you've learned, and go out and be disciples of Jesus Christ and change this world. And let me say this to the church, as we raise these kids and we raise all the Hundreds of kids back there today. Listen, guys, if we don't do these things in our own life, don't think you're getting a skip today. If you don't do these things in your own lives, you're not going to be strong. Are you aware there's an evil one attacking you? Are you building up your faith? Are you really in the Word of God? Are you experiencing Christian community where people are rubbing you the right way? Are you praying in the Holy Spirit, not about what you want, but what God wants? Are you keeping in God's love? Or Have you fallen in love with Jesus? And that will keep you from a lot of things. And are you on a mission? Because it's too easy for us to be in an awesome church and we just sort of sleepwalk through it when God needs us to be on a mission. You want your children to leave here on a mission? You want your grandchildren to leave your on a mission? Then you better get on a mission. And you be just as careful about people pulling you down. Because listen to me. That truth is not just true when you're 18, 19 years old. It's true when you're 30 or 40 or 50. The people you are around will determine a whole lot about who you are. And it's easier for negative, faithless, lukewarm, even Christians to pull you down than for you to pull them up. So you better surround yourself with people that are on fire for the Lord. Amen? Because, guys, we, we want to be strong. I'd like to say with the mayor of Boston, we are one, we are strong, we are landmark strong, which means not glory to landmark, it means glory to Jesus. Because all we're here to do is help these guys and help every one of us to grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I ask you today, do you need the prayers of this church to grow strong? Is today a day where you need to commit your life To going in the right direction. If we can help you, let's let's lead this incredible song, Never Once. Now, before we do that, I want you to stand up on the screen. Can you go back to Jude 24 for me? Go back to that passage, Jude 24 and 25. And here's what I want us to do as a church. I want you to read this scripture with me. I want you to read it over these seniors. And read it over this whole church, because some of us think, you know, buddy, I'd like to be that way, but I can't do it. And you're right, you can't, but God can. So here's the promise I want you to hold on to as we sing this song, as we leave this place. Let's read out loud. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to him the only God and Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. If you need to come, come while we sing.